Take 43. Mark? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Take 43 podcast. My name is Drew Williams. And I am Aaron Colborn. And we are kind of remote here today, but just curious in the meantime, since you're not actually here, Aaron, what happened to the first 42 takes? Well, the first 42 takes this time. So like Drew said, we're a little bit more remote this time and we've had some equipment uh, that had to change hands. And so we don't have our normal gear. So if things sound different, that's why. And so I think I spent the first 42 takes setting up of a little box with some sound dampening foam in it that I'm speaking into. And then so a pair of gaming headphones is my microphone, actually. So fingers crossed <laughs> this goes, goes well. <laughs> yeah, I hope this uh, I hope this actually works. I mean, it sounds good on my end. Uh, this is just temporary, but I still think uh, we can make it sound good, do a little post work to it. But yeah, I'm super excited to be back, man. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's been a little while since it's just been you and I as well. You know, our last episode was great with our, with our guest, but it's uh, kind of fun when you and I just get to kind of like toss stuff back and forth and, and goof around a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And we're in the double digits, as you mentioned. So yeah, episode 10. Episode 10, which is pretty awesome. We're, we're working our way up the ladder here. I'm not sure when we'll call it a season one cutoff, but not anytime soon. But today we're going to talk about yeah, not working, just yet. And today we're going to talk about working with clients. And I had a debate on what the title of this uh, episode should be named because I don't want to you know, call it dealing with clients. Uh, when you say dealing right. with clients, it kind of, they sound like a nuisance or something. So it's, it's a little dismissive. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I wanted to call it working with clients, but kind of the best practices and some things we've learned while on set, you know, maybe if they come back with a response that you're not used to, or potentially uh, saying something that you weren't prepared for. So hopefully we can kind of prep right. the audience for that. Yeah, it's definitely not all you know, flowers and roses, but they are your clients. And so you have to have a certain amount of understanding when it come, comes to it, whether you agree or disagree. And it's more just kind of like how to navigate all that rather than saying like, this is the right way to handle things because also every client is different, right? Exactly. And I, I would say nine times out of 10, I have amazing clients, maybe even 9.5 out yeah. of 10, but it's always that one or that random comment. It's that one. That's, that's what this whole thing is all for. It's for that one out of 10 client. Because yeah, like you said, the other nine, are probably going to be fine, minor things, but all the stuff that you do beforehand to prepare for it, that's going to pay off when you have that one client that's difficult. Exactly. No, I think that that's, that's really cool. So let's get maybe just straight into it. I kind of had an intro. Do you want to talk about some of the news that's going on in the theaters like briefly, or, or do you just want to get right into this thing? You know what, man? I feel like everybody's actually pretty well aware of all this craziness happening with movie theaters and, and film production and stuff like that. And it's wild. And we could acknowledge that there's crazy things going on. But, you know, maybe let's save it for another time. Yeah, cool, man. So I think this whole thing starts, and I know you can back me up on this. You're in the post-production field mainly and for, mm -hmm. your, for your career. You've been there. But I think that the main thing that we need to pay attention to to de-stress this entire issue is the pre-production steps. I mean, if you have proper pre-production steps in place, a lot of this headache is going to solve itself. Yeah, being proactive really, I think, is the number one thing. So it's all about, it's like when watching movies, it's all about setting up expectations for your client. If you're able to communicate clearly with them about what it is you're hoping to deliver to them, about what you think it's going to look like, and as well as getting them involved in the process, you're going to alleviate so many headaches. And there's a whole whole lot of specifics we can go to about that. But just in general, being proactive will really save your bacon in the long run. <laughs> I think it comes down to talking about the finished product, breaking down the budget and have a clear understanding how much they want to spend, how much they have and where to allocate those dollars. Providing wrong and right video examples. I think this is something that we overlook so much because there's so it's so easy to create something that you want to create. 
but in their mind, whether they've done video or not, they know what they want and they're, they have an idea of a video they saw that probably struck that idea. Let them show you good ideas and let them show you wrong ideas. You know, let them show you what they don't want and that'll go a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody like it's easy for us to forget that everybody kind of has their own narrative going on. They see what's inside their head. Like not everybody sees what's inside their head. And in order for you to be able to get something out there that looks like what's inside their head, you need to communicate that. You know, like you said, whether it's them showing you some examples of stuff or if them saying like, I mean, I want this thing. I don't really know exactly what it's going to be. And you can come up with some of your own examples and give it to them. Say like, what about stuff like this to kind of get their hamster wheels turning, you know? Exactly. I think examples go a long way. Absolutely. And I think yeah, it's as far as style, as far as length, as far as just kind of, again, setting expectations. Absolutely. I think creating a calendar with deadlines too, with each step is huge. So once you've got the idea down and then you're ready to start delivering and start doing production, get a calendar down in pre-production. So you know, what's, you know, what needs to be delivered at a certain time under promise, but over deliver in that step. And I don't want to jump too far ahead in our steps, but I think it comes down to really getting the basics down in pre-production and eliminating any headaches for the future. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely true. And uh, another another thing I think, and this, this I think goes for the entire process, but what's really uh, important to do for every single step of this is make sure your client feels listened to, right? There, there is much, yeah. you know, they, ha- they hired you because you're the professional, you know how to do the technical stuff and everything. But at the same time, remember they're like, they're in a chain of command as well. They have a boss, they're doing it uh, for a specific reason. They, they need to feel involved, um, I, I, okay, and this is twofold also. They need to feel involved so that they can come back, you know, with their product and say, like, here's the thing that I help make, you know, it's benefiting my company or my business in this way. But then also it's good for them to feel involved for for us as the filmmakers, because um if you have them very heavily involved and they don't like what comes out at the end, they can't come and say, Well, you didn't listen to me, and that's why this turned out like garbage, right? Exactly. There has to be a, a very clear understanding early on before you can move forward. Yeah, and it's also ju- it's just good to have them involved, anyways, just so they're getting what it is that they want. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, and we're still in the pre-production steps, but you know, even in production, letting them look over your shoulder a little bit, kind of almost like a director feel. So I think uh, as we're still in pre-production here, another thing I want to mention is just the importance of contracts, making it Mm -hmm. clear, not only to having that deadline calendar set up, but within that calendar, having what the contract and those steps are and what needs to be delivered at what times, you know, for instance, I've changed up my contracts recently to have like level one through three edit tiers. And I think we learned that on, and we've used this as an example before I think it was in episode four but yeah we, we had an instance one time where we shot something and it was visually okay while we were there and they approved it and then once we got into the editing room and showed them the final product in which we thought they didn't like that and we had to remove something digitally but that would be considered like right. a level level two edit tier whereas like a level one would just be a recut a level two would be something digitally that can be removed and a level three is a full-on reshoot so I think it's really important to have those steps in your contracts yeah I think that the contracts just a really good way to put all like the expectations into one place like you said with edit tiers um, amount of rounds of edits the amount of you know i mean you can correct me i don't have my own contracts you have yours but you know the amount of of production time the amount of time from production to delivery just just a good place to set up all all the expectations there are in writing with both your signatures on it you know uh, it's it's just good to have that that obvious playing field out there for for both you it'll make them feel better that they know what's going on it'll make you feel better knowing that you're 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 covered 
Absolutely. No, I think that that's, I think that that's really smart. And I think having access, a place where they can access the drafts in the review process, the contracts, the notes, I think having like a global cloud folder, a private folder, obviously, mm-hmm. that allows them to have access to each step and it allows them to feel more involved. I think it's very important. You know, say you've gotten the, the contract in place, you guys have talked about kind of the style of it and shown examples and you guys are kind of, you know, everybody's on the same page. Uh, and you get to writing the scripts and you've written the scripts and then you kind of give it to them to get their feedback on it. Do you have a, a limit on the amounts of amount of edits they can make uh, on in the script uh, version? It depends on the client, right? So the client that we worked with last year that you helped me on for those edits, that was the example earlier. They actually had previous videos that were terrible, but the scripts were okay. So what I did was I revised those scripts to sound a little bit better and kind mm-hmm. of use the same format. And I was able to restructure those, rewrite all those out. There was like 12 that I rewrote uh, for yeah, two to three a minutes. Yeah, a bunch of those, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of allowed me to, it gave me a framework, I should say, to work with. And then they were allowed to go back and say, yeah, it's not about the verbiage. I'm pretty good about writing scripts. It's about the technicality of what we're talking about. So for instance, Cricket, who I worked with earlier this year, I actually had them write their own scripts and then I modified them to, to sound a little bit better. The reason I had them do that is because they know their product best and that product hadn't launched right. yet. So I actually didn't have my hands on that product and I wasn't able to physically see the product to write the scripts to. So they actually right. wrote the scripts and then I was able to go in and edit those and they were all good. Yeah, it's, it's really important to be able to get to kind of the, the core of the matter. Like they may have, you know, give you a script. They want, you know, just for example, they want, say, a, a minute and a half long video. And they hand you a script that's so packed full of information. You're like, this is going to take five minutes to get it out in any decent way. I mean, being in video production, re- you really have to learn how to con- condense stuff down and consolidate it into like, you know, talk to them and be like, okay, we have all this stuff. What is specifically the points that you want to make sure we get out there and then kind of build up from there? Um, and so being able to get kind of down to like the core of what they want to say, I think is really important in, in, in all things client related. Cause so often they're just like, they have a million things they want to do and you have to kind of corral them a little bit and be like, what are the most important things? And then if we have room, we can add these things on, you know? Absolutely. There's so many different ideas, but that's why that calendar is important because what that calendar does is it says, all right, guys, this is when we are sending this off to the voiceover artist or sending this off to the script reader or XYZ, whoever we're sending it off to or however the video is going to be executed and produced. And they know the deadline is that day. And then as soon as that deadline hits and we're finalized and we get the thumbs up, that's going to that voiceover artist in New York or right. LA or someone to record in their booth. And then we're getting those files sent back to us. So what's also cool though, is maybe say we miss a word or something changes on the product. Right. I, I have been known to maybe edit that line out or shoot it back over to the voiceover artist and they re-say just a sentence. Yeah. Mo- most, uh, most of the professional voiceover artists I've worked with tend to um, include like two rounds of pickups for, for each thing you buy from them. So I'll, you know, buy like two minutes of voice or whatever. And then, yeah, like a line or two that needs to be changed because uh, the, the client wants it. They tend to include that. Um, usually kind of full retract from getting to end they charge again for, but like a couple sentences here or there, they'll usually include that. Kind of moving on to the production aspect of this whole thing, you know, changes in pre-production to post-production need to be listed, make sure that there are no gaps in the production process. So now that we are going in from pre-production, let's kind of get into the production process and what needs to be clear. I think it's important in the production process to remember that it's still kind of that restaurant 
aspect where the client is always right. So you have to mentally mm. be kind of prepared for that because it is their product that they're trying to sell. They're the person that you're working with. And that's something that a lot of people dislike about commercial video work is right. because, you know, if you're working on a film or a short film or you're just a YouTuber doing your own thing, that's kind of that creative freedom that that allows. But you, yeah, right. you know, even though you are a freelancer and it's your company, you are still working with a company that is trying to sell their product or educate that person. Yeah, like it's it's kind of a, a bitter pill to swallow at times. But yeah, you're right. The fact of the matter is they hired you to do something for their product. They know their product better. Um, I think it's also good to remember that while they're always right, they're a version of right, right? And so Correct. they can come to you and they have, right? They're like, they're like, oh, we should do it this way because of this thing. And, you know, if you're, if you're good at what you do as a video production person, you can usually look at it and say like, okay, so again, get into the core of what they want. Like, so this is your actual problem and here's maybe a better way we can solve it that won't like look stupid or sound stupid or something like that. So it's, I think they come to you with, with ideas or things that they need and hopefully you can just find a way to do it better since you're a video production, you know, professional, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They're kind of relying on you for that. But I've also ran into instances right. that where that's backfired, right? So I make an intro with their logo and I think it looks amazing. But however, it doesn't follow their marketing guidelines or not that the right. color's off or the font is off. I have all that down before, but it doesn't, for some it reason- feel like theirs. Yeah. Like the guy that I worked with liked it, but the marketing manager didn't, right? So you'll oh, have that. Interesting. So you'll have like a lot of cooks in the kitchen sometimes where it needs to be passed down. I also think that that needs to be cleared up in uh, pre-production. And we I was, didn't, yeah, I was it, just going to mention that. Yeah. Like there's been a lot of times where it, it seems like it's really smart to kind of like um, for you both to know who who gets a say in, in right. the, the revisions and stuff like that. I think that's really. Yeah. Because otherwise cause I'm the same way. I've had times where I thought I was getting approved by like these two people. And then suddenly I'm finding out the, like the, this marketing manager and the, you know, the, the CMO or something like that also needs to approve it. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I was editing it based on these people's requests and these other people might not have really been involved in the process. Didn't know the initial expectations and stuff like that. And that can create such a huge headache. I start clenching my fist <laughs> as you're saying that just because you're right. right. Grinding it's, my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slowly grinding my teeth. And it's, it's one of those things where, Oh, they were busy or they weren't involved in the pre-production steps. So since then, I've redone my contracts, and there is a place where you put the names of the people who are going to have the oh, final. Smart. Yeah, and they have the final outlook on the product or the production, right? So just right. because Joe Schmo, the marketing manager, was not in your 10 pre-production meetings where you drove over to the office to talk to them or fly out somewhere to talk to them, he, you know that he's going to have a lot to do with it. So what do you do? You include right. him in the email threads. Whether he responds, oh, yeah. or, whether he responds or not, whether he or she responds or not, I should say, they are involved, and they yeah, if, it, keep a paper trail. Yeah, they'll keep a paper trail. But what's good is they'll never they'll they won't always say yes, yes, yes. But if they hear something and see something that they disagree with, they'll automatically say no. That makes sense. Yeah, they totally will. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is not what what I wanted here. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a really good call. Well, before we got kind of diverted into that, it, which has yeah. some, which which has something to do with this. Um, I've ran into issues where, you know, I create that intro, like I was saying, and again, that other cook in the kitchen, the marketing mm -hmm. manager didn't like how that looked. And it was a quick fix, but I thought it looked better than what the final product, what they wanted. So just, right. just because they rely on your expertise, I guess I'm saying you're not always right, even though you think something looks better. That's that's the thing. Um, there has to be a little bit of humility at times to say like, 
okay, you know, like this is my opinion on, like I said, what looks good. And sometimes other people's are different. And if the client's opinion is different, you just kind of have to suck it up. And yeah. it's a bummer. Um, but that's just kind of like, I mean, there's not, there's not one, one size fits all for any of this. Every situation is different. And so you just have to, you have to get used to a little bit of disappointment, but in the end, even though you're producing it, you're, it's their product, you know, you're, you're doing it for them. And so sometimes you just have to swallow that and maybe don't put that part in your reel, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just really what it comes down to is it's them trying to sell or educate the viewer in the most direct way possible. Right. For their product. Dude, you know what's a pain sometimes? Hmm, you tell. Hauling huge lights onto set. Oh yeah, that's like the worst. Yeah, I've tried more compact lights, but they just don't cut it when it comes to rendering true color. Plus, they're never bright enough. Mm-mm, never. But one day, a buddy of mine from the snowboard industry asked me to check out these new lights called Lytra, oh. which promised to solve exactly that problem. They're compact, yet powerful, and with professional-grade color rendering. Nice. Nice. Now Lytra is pretty much all I ever bring to set. Compact, powerful, bicolor, RGB, Bluetooth controlled, rugged, waterproofed, you name it, Lytra's it. That's a whole bunch of stuff. That sounds great. So you should visit our Lytra link in the description below and receive 15% off your next order from Lytra.com. I promise you these lights will completely change your approach to photo and video lighting. All right, man, I'm going to hold you to it. Still in the production process here before we move on to post-production, I want to talk about just having the client on set and how important that is. I think you've noticed that too. Uh, You work a lot with a lot of supplement companies too that you've done and they'll they'll actually fly out to your studio and you'll you'll chat with them there. And it's nice because they'll have that no yes mentality right on set and they'll know what they Mm -hmm. want or don't want. So can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, it's really nice. So the a lot of the stuff that I do, um, the people from the brand are usually the ones on camera. Um, we tend to do uh, stuff where it's you know, the people in the company talking about their product rather than third-party people talking about how much they like the product. So it's nice um, to have them all there to know, A, that the information you're getting is correct, and B, also, if they're – and most of them are because a lot of them are not normally on-camera people – um, ones that are nervous about it, being able to kind of like play it back for them, you know, do a little bit, um, give them some direction. They usually have somebody with them as well. You know, somebody else from like the marketing department or, or education or something like that, that you can also like show it to them and be like, look, see, like this looks nice, play some stuff back for them. And, and them being able to see, see something, um, immediately and being able to tweak it, like maybe in the first few minutes, they're like, "Oh, I like I don't I don't like this side of my face." Can be like, you know, can this be the camera side or whatever? Um, it's really good to be able to have that at the very beginning, and also so they're not surprised when the final product is done. Um, they they knew what it was going to look like, and say like uh, they can see you know they're they're in a medium shot on this camera and a little bit like maybe cowboy on the other camera or something like that, just just so that they know. Yeah, sure. I've noticed a lot working with brands and clients like that because I've been on a lot of those shoots with you as well. But I think something important to remember is you have that director's monitor there for the director, but it's always kind of important with it's a client. It's also for the client, yeah. Yeah, so turn that director's monitor to where the client can see it or let the client set with the director. And she it's not necessarily mm-hmm. her job to direct, but like again, she will speak up if she notices something. And it might be something that like uh, we work with a lot of females on camera and I know we have makeup artists, but sometimes the makeup artists might not notice something and that right. person that they work with, they have a personal connection and it's like, oh, I don't, her hair it doesn't look good that way. Or she, you know, and then she's like, oh, right. thank you. So she fixes her hair and then it looks better in frame. So little things like that can just go a long way. Right. 
Well, it just, just transparency in general. If, you know, if the director's over there, like hiding behind the monitor and like not wanting to show them, like they're going to be super suspicious about that. Like, why can't I see this? And so just having the transparency of being like, no, look here, yeah. look at it. will just make them feel like, okay, like this is a person that knows what they're doing. They're not trying to hide anything from me. And it's just, again, it's just like getting the client in that right mindset of trusting you is a yep. huge, huge step. And just letting them look at stuff as you're doing it is huge. And that goes also with, so slightly moving on from, uh, from like on camera people to doing like product shots. Cause usually we'll spend like half to three quarters of a day doing, um, doing interviews and then maybe the rest of the day and part of the next day doing, doing product shots and stuff. Like and B-roll so on a turntable, you mean like, like B-roll on a turntable or, or whatever, or tight shots of stuff, but just general kind Got of yeah, product footage, being able, letting them come in and kind of see what you're doing so that they know, you know, whether or not they feel like it, it looks good. If it's the, the sort of no pun intended, the light they want their product to be seen in, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, I think transparency is key, but I also want to poke back on that and and say, don't be a yes man. You know what I mean? Agreed. There's definitely a balance there between the two. Yeah. There's definitely a balance and it's kind of, you have to find it and it's different with each client, right? So everyone's different. Each brand is different. Like there are a lot of brands that we've Mm. worked with where you're like, gosh, those guys were all amazing. They're super easy going. They love the product. And then there's also people that we've worked with where they were very tedious. They knew exactly what they wanted, but there's no bad to that. I actually like it when a right. client knows what they want. It's like you, ha- you have to find this balance of creative freedom versus letting them take over as director versus keeping everyone happy on set. And it's just this triangle of just hope. <laughs> it is. It, it, it really is. Yeah. Like I can get these two things, but not this third thing. Like, and you just have to, it's, it's a little bit mentally exhausting because you have to kind of be on your toes all the time to like know whether or not, and you have to be a good kind of judge of personality to be like, okay, I think this this person might be a little more difficult in this regard. Like they're super easy going, but this one actually has more say. Right. And so it's really trying to like, it's like, yeah, it's trying to, it's it's all a big like jigsaw puzzle. Just trying to kind of find the right combination of stuff to to get it all to, to work properly. But, it's, it's difficult for sure. It is, but it's also extremely rewarding and it's the greatest job on oh, yeah. earth. And we've been doing commercial oh, yeah, we- content for years and it's there's nothing ever that has made me think that I'm doing the wrong thing or I've done a bad job Agreed. or I don't want to work with these people because it's absolutely Agreed. the most rewarding creative freedom style of job that I just love. Yeah, as a matter of fact, right before we started recording, and this is why I say like this is like, my, my favorite job because I had this, this brand and I've been talking to you a whole bunch about it. They came in, they did a shoot. Um, they didn't, I don't think, I don't think they really understood what they were, what they were doing exactly. And we tried to explain it to them, but some, sometimes stuff doesn't sink in. Uh, we get to the edit stage. I do an edit. They didn't like it. Um, they had all sorts of problems. And so we started kind of tweaking things. Okay. What about this? Maybe this to just to try and get it in a place where, where they were a little more happy with it. And I, I overhauled the videos like two to three times. We don't normally, I wouldn't normally do that, but I think I really, really wanted to like show them that we knew what we were doing. And I actually just got, uh, got a text right before from my boss that said, Hey, we showed them these videos and they loved them. And awesome. so they'll all just, yeah. And like, they didn't give us a lot of super specific feedback. It was more of a general, like, Oh, I don't, you know, like, I don't think I like that. I don't, I don't know about this. And so it was up to us to kind of decipher that and figure out what, uh, what steps we could take to, to fix it all up. And it looks like it worked. And as annoyed as I was for three months working on it, getting that text from him just made me go like, yeah, hell yeah, I did it. And we that's, it, and that's, know? that's like, all it takes, man, is that one yes. Mm-hmm. And that one, uh, approval step or process. It's kind of like golf. 
you hate golf until you make a really good shot and then you're you want to oh. go back and play golf then you're on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All you need is that good chip or that good drive or that, especially towards the end of the nine or the 18 that you're playing because you get frustrated throughout the whole game. All you need is that oh, one yeah. hit or that one putt, that one chip, and then you're back and you're ready to go again. Yeah. Even if that putt is like after I've already like, uh, you know, like had like six like drives. <laughs> yeah. And then I, then I get one good putt and I'm like, I did it. Yeah. You, you've <laughs> lost, you've lost 12 balls, but you hit that long 30 foot putt and it's worth it. Right. That's right. That's, that's right. I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. And that's rad for you too. Cause that kind of takes some pressure off your shoulders. It does. And it's just, it's really nice. Like you said, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons I love this job so much. The reason I got into it in the first place, which was initially, you know, more for, for filmmaking stuff is because I want people to enjoy the stuff that I make. In general, yeah. and that that extends to clients as well. And so when I managed to snatch something from the jaws of defeat, uh, I like, oh, they enjoy it now. I made I took it from something they didn't enjoy to something they do enjoy, and like yeah. that makes me happy, no matter what it is I'm producing. Absolutely, and a happy client, all they are feeling, especially whether they're working with a firm like is which is what you're through, or they're with a freelance company, they feel like they're maximizing their investment. Not only are they working right. with good people who they trust, and they're getting a good product, everything is working smoothly. They have some input, you have your input, and there's that balance. All they're thinking about is how they've maximized their investment. And I think that yep. that's extremely important. And then you're looking at some repeat business, which is great too. Yeah. And honestly, I try to think that way every time I work with a client, especially a good paying one and, and someone who I really mm -hmm. respect and they're great people. Um, I want to make sure that they call me back in six to eight to 12 right. months, right? When their next set of videos need to come out. Yep. Yeah. Trying to trying to pitch somebody from the ground up to, is so much more time and cost intensive than it is being able to pitch somebody that's already had a, a good product with you. Exactly. Once you're past those first five to 10 initial pre-production meetings and you've sold yourself, then you've proven yourself on set and then the product has proven itself and the, they love the way it looks and they love the way it sounds and it's exactly what they wanted. That next pre-production meeting for that next set of videos is so so mellow you're slapping high fives you're more of like there's like this personal <laughs> right. relationship you're like oh hey good to see you again right you know you're well you were slapping high fives and shaking hands i don't know what we'll do now but <laughs> now you're now you're going like this over zoom i think yeah, yeah. i'm shaking my shaking my hands around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shakes hands anonymously um yeah no i think it's it's going to be interesting moving forward and we won't get into that, but that personal relationship, it's developed and it just makes things so much easier, whether it's in that meeting, that second meeting or on set again, they just have that level yeah. of trust. And I don't think there's money can't buy that level of trust. It's super important. No, they, it, it totally can. Yeah. Once they get to a point where they're like, you delivered on the stuff uh, you did before they, I think they feel more like they can come up with some, some bigger ideas. They'll let you come up with some bigger ideas and just, you know, you don't have to, you just don't have to prove yourself anymore. And it's, that's, that's just a huge tool in the toolbox. Absolutely. So kind of talked about production now. I'd love to move into post-production, which is really your world. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's so, kind of get into what, what makes life easier in the post-production world with clients. So first of all, for post-production, it's like every other phase. Um, the, the number one thing that you need the most going into post-production from the client is those approved. And if you do this, um, I know we do approved post-production scripts. So, you know, you'll have the initial AV scripts are like, this is how it's going to go. Um, and this is, these are the visuals we want to have with it. This is the voiceover we're, we're planning on with it. You know, things change in production. They always do. And that means sometimes the scripts change. And so we'll do like, so a lot of the stuff that I do is it's interview stuff. So, um, the, the initial scripts, 
so the post-production scripts are a you know cut down version of of the initial scripts you know it's a few sound sound bites here or there and so having kind of a a client reviewed thumbs up um, post-production script um, going into editing makes me feel a lot more confident that the stuff that I'm doing isn't going to be like thrown out because they've already said yes we want this right so having having a point for them to be able to review those post-production scripts um, is, is very helpful for an editor. So yeah, so I can just jump right in. I can start putting stuff together and I'm not going to be worried that when it goes to to uh, client review afterwards that it's going to get trash canned. Really at that point, once they've approved those post-production scripts, it's about, really comes down to something visually they might not like, right? So I don't right. like the way she looked on camera there or that was weird or sometimes people get really picky about things. Like the color, they don't like the, 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 the tone of their skin, which sometimes even if it's like, you know, technically correct by your scopes and everything, they just might not like the way it looks. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, those are kind of things you can tweak pretty easily. You can't tweak sure. scripts. I mean, you can tweak scripts and edits, but it takes longer to do. You can cut things and pull right. things and add things. That's just a lot more work. But having that post-production script uh, saves a lot of headache uh, later down the line. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Yeah, I think you're 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 definitely minimizing the amount of of feedback you're going to end up getting by you know the more this is this is a slippery slope because it it does feel like sometimes the more kind of like spots where a client can approve the more safe you are from having to do X work at the end. But sometimes giving them a little too much uh, say at certain parts can be too much and it can bog down the entire process. Again, like there's not really like a correct answer for that. It kind of sure. depends on the client. It kind of depends on what you're comfortable with. But I feel, I feel like that's a fairly good touch point for them to review things and, and give an approval uh, right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, not being a yes man, but then having that balance of transparency right. and making them feel involved to a certain extent. They make a request and you say no. You tell them why. You know, it's not just no because yeah. you said it. it. There's a there's a reason behind it. And more than likely, there is a way that you'll be able to fix it. It's just going to require, A, more money. Uh, it mm-hmm. wasn't clear in the contract. It, it's again, maybe one of those level three edit tiers that I put in my contract where we might have to reshoot right. something. There's, there is a way to do it, but it might not be in their best interest to move along just because they might be being a little bit picky on that certain part of the edit. Right. So it's really important to be able to communicate with them. If you think something could be done a better way, try to explain to them why not to say like, well, this is the way we're going to do it. You know, you need to be able to say, and, and I think most people, I say this a lot, like not everybody knows how to make a movie or write a book, but people know when they do and don't like something. So if you're able to explain it to them in that regard, you know, like you don't want uh, this, this type of dialogue. You don't want to say this thing because, you know, you say like, think about when you're watching a movie and a character says something like this, do you roll your eyes or do you just accept that? And you'd be like, yeah, that usually sounds kind of stupid. And you're like, okay. And the reason that applies to this, is I don't think we should do things this way because you'll have, your audience will have that same sort of reaction to it they might go oh okay so just generally like trying to be able to explain why rather than just say no i don't think we should do it and the honest truth is i worked in post-production a long time i've known a lot of post-production people a lot of editors that really do not like to explain themselves (laughs) they just want to say no and they want to try and prove a point somehow when the client's being a little little bit difficult for them to work with they want to sometimes they kind of want to mess things up to try and prove a point and like i don't think that's the right way to go i've seen that backfire way too many times um, and especially when I was in, when I was uh, editing in news, which is like the wrong place to do that because stuff goes out onto air and you can't take that back, you know, and people want to try right. and prove a point and they, and they usually do not prove that point and the mistake is still made the next time. But if you try and explain it to somebody, um, in, in terms they'll understand the next time 
it, it might not go so terribly. Absolutely. We've said it once. We'll say it again. I think transparency is key. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a, a lot of wanting to prove points and it's, it's really just about being honest well, and that way. Yeah. Drop your, e- it, drop your ego. It's, it's the best job yeah. in the world. We're helping people. We're making, we got to remember these are just videos, right? I mean, we're just making videos for people and we have the best job ever. It's what we've always wanted to do. And they are appreciative of your help, but just drop your ego and and be more like a friend. And then you're going to see that client come back again. If you say no and you don't give a reason why, and you just act the Mm -hmm. way that you just explained, you're not going to get that client again. Nope. Nope. Because they're not going to like what they got from your video. They're not going to want to work with you again. You're unpleasant to work with. Well, yeah. Well, I've, I've heard of stories where people actually love the videos that someone makes, but the person was terrible to deal with. So they didn't go with them again. Yep. Yeah. We've, we've said this a million times. Like it, it's not, this job is not all about how good you are at your job. It's a, it's about being personable. It's a, they, they're, purchasing you as much as they're purchasing the product you're making. Yep. You kind of got to sell yourself along with your video. If you've got both, then you're going to see that client over and over again. And that's something that I think both of us have done a pretty decent job at doing. Again, I go into those client meetings expecting to talk to them in eight months again. Yeah. Well, we're, we're we're just generally very cool people. (laughs) Yeah. You can say that. (laughs) Yeah. People want to hang out with us. Keeping with the, the post-production stuff, and we said this with production, but sometimes the client's just going to come back with an edit you think is dumb. You're going to explain to them how maybe you think it could be done differently, and they're going to, for whatever reasons, you know, whether they just actually think it's right, their ego, their boss is saying, they're going to be like, nope, we have to stick with this. And sometimes you just have to suck it up and do it and know that they're the client. This is this is a battle. And and also gauging whether or not it's a, it's a hill worth dying on. You know, sure. like, is this... Is, is this big enough of a deal? They want their, you know, their, you animated their logo for them and they don't like this one way and they want to change it to another way, but you don't really like that. Like, is that a big enough hill to just potentially throw this whole thing, you know, in the trash for? Probably not. So sometimes you just have to swallow your pride and be like, okay, I'll do that. You're the client. Yep. What's a quick example of that? You don't have to say names or where people were from or what uh, brand you were with. I definitely, definitely, definitely have uh, an example of that. And this is one where I think um, I, I wasn't involved in the pre-production of it, but something was dropped in the pre-production. And I don't think the entire message or maybe it might have been actually that somebody, our point of contact might have changed from when we shot the videos to when we were uh, sending out the edits. Um, so it was a, I'll say it was a naturals brand. Um, and of course, uh, we, of course <laughs> I almost said that. I was like, mm. <laughs> but yeah, like, but, but net naturals brands could be a little bit difficult. And, and the, I think the real reason why is not because like they're sucky people or anything like that. I think naturals brands, they have a lot of stuff they need to get out there. They also have a lot of stipulations on the things they can say. A lot of, a lot of things they, they can't talk about a lot of things they have to include and exclude and stuff like that. And so it's, it's, it's just a little bit difficult to make those products well. And when they do have a lot of, I, from what I've seen, a lot of personnel shifting. And so a lot of times you can end up with a different point of contact partway through the process. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people shift around in those jobs. And I, that's something we haven't touched on, but you just reminded me is legal. Um, you know, yes. like, le- Oh yeah. The, legal review. Yeah. The legality yeah. of something, whether they can say it or not in their product, I, you don't really have a choice at that point. But again, those legality and those legal issues, all of that communication should be done in pre-production. 
Yes. That legality issue should not come up in post-production or after you've shot something. Say you shot B-roll of a Naturals brand and the bottle was on the table mm-hmm. and you used a close-up of the warning at the end or you haven't shot the warning and they need it in mm-hmm. or they don't need it in. Those issues need to be pointed out in pre-production. That way you save all of these headaches down the line. Yeah, I think there's, uh, if I remember right, again, I'm not heavily involved in pre-production at, at my company right now. I am occasionally. I, I think we tend to do, uh, and this is usually based on what the brand wants. I think we tend to do a legal review um, at the like the AV script stage. So before production, there's a legal review there. And then since we do post-production scripts as well, um, with just kind of, you know, the sound bites and stuff, I think a lot of brands tend to do a legal review at that stage as well before I actually start editing. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they'll do another legal review just kind of before the videos are launched. But having at least one spot in there for their legal review, preferably at the at the very very early stages, is really, really important for sure. I think it honestly depends who you're dealing with. Someone like a naturals brand, yeah. you're going to run into more legality issues. If you're dealing with – For sure. Um, you know, shooting something for the state or for the city, you know, you might run into those issues. If you're shooting something for a snowboard company or something like that, there's probably not going to be any of those issues, at least that they're aware right. of. So, right, right. So I was going to say, so, so where, uh, where after, before we went off our legal tangent, so as I was saying, so is this naturalist brand I was working with and we shot the videos and um, they were speaking about certain things and they wanted some, you know, dynamic text on the side uh, pointing out, you know, the, you know, the doses of this thing and that thing um, just based off what they were saying in the video. And the client came back after we showed them the, the, the first edits and they wanted to like triple the amount of text on screen. And they wanted all sorts of things that the speaker wasn't talking about, which in my, in my experience is not a good thing because if you have, you know, somebody on camera talking about one thing and then you have text about another thing next to them, neither of them are going to sink in, you know? So like you're, you're, you're hampering the learning process by that. And so the amount of stuff they wanted to put on the side, I'm like, I'm like, a like, it's just going to look ridiculous. There's no time. And with, with it being supplement stuff, uh, there's all sorts of long scientific names and stuff like that. I'm like, nobody's going to absorb any of this. And we went through like three rounds trying to like find a way to make it work. And it really just ultimately came back. They're like, no, we want it all, all on screen. That's that. And so we just had to do it. I look at them and I, to, to this day, and I cringe. I'm like, the stuff on here is insane. There's like a person over here and then just a ton of text over here. It moves by too fast, but they approved that. That's what they wanted. And so I just have to live with that. And it's not on my reel. <laughs> Exactly. I think that goes back to what I was talking about of, you know, your final product might not be something that you totally agree with visually. For some reason, someone in that department thought it was, whether it didn't get hashed out in pre-production or not, you never have someone talking and you have opposite text uh, on the other side in paragraph form, just because we know as creatives that doesn't work with the brain i have a hard time enough watching on screen with subtitles down at the bottom right and that kind of leads into my next thing also which is like when you get something like that and you're like i said we went through like three rounds where you know when you get a request that you don't like and you think is maybe dumb and won't work you know like okay i can't do a but maybe what i can do is b so you know give instead of just saying no i'm not going to do that try and come up with an alternate solution for them instead of just being a no person. You're like, yep. okay, I understand. Like, this is what you want to see. Maybe we can do something like this. And like I said, in this case, they just shot just literally everything down. And they're like, no, this is what we want. But it's really important to go through those steps and try and find a way that's good for both of you. Uh, I can fix A, but I can't fix B. 
you know, just having that open communication with them and trying to find a, a middle ground is important. And, you know, just trying to understand where they're coming from, you know, like they, they have a reason that they're saying this. It's not just because they're trying to be jerks or they just have a singular idea. Like, like there's a reason they're doing it. And so right. you can't be just dismissive of them. Well, and what stinks sometimes is they're just the messenger. It, it could be their, their boss might be wanting it. And it's, you're like looking at this person like, what are you talking about? No, it's not them. It's their boss. And they're just trying to do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> hundred percent. I've seen that multiple times. Yeah. People getting overruled. And then a lot of times, yeah, there'll be like side conversations where you're not on the main call, especially if it's a client you've gotten fairly friendly with. And they'd be like, yeah. look, like this is, yeah, this is my boss wants this. Like, like I kind of agree with you, but there's nothing I can do to overrule him. So like, yeah, that's definitely, definitely a thing as well. And but kind of my, my last, my last thing for post-production is when you do get changes, you don't like the worst thing you can do is then half-ass that. Right. So like, right. this is, this is silly. I don't want to do it. So fine. Like I'll knock it, knock this thing out in 10 minutes. And like, like it's basically what they want. Uh, you're just asking, that's going to just sprout more problems. It's going to yep. be like this one problem splits into three problems. Then one of those problems splits into three more. You're just asking for it. Cause then they're going to start to distrust you. You're going to start to like, not like you, you know? And then, right. uh, and then before you know it, you just have all sorts of problems. Yeah, exactly. No, you're totally right. And then I think after that post-production process, just knowing and having clear communication on where they can download the final videos and assets, you know, the, the process of uploading it to their site, making sure that they realize that that's not your job, that's their job. A lot of people think that because you make the video that you're going to start their Instagram account. <laughs> right. And I think, again, that's, that is all, that's all done in the contracts, but making sure that that's done early and them knowing that. And just making sure that they know the cost of archiving, right? So always right. including that in their in their fees and making sure you, you know, tell them three or four times to triple, double, quadruple back this thing up. Right. Because um, it's it's gold at that. Once it's done, it's their gold, right? It's their money. It's their it's it turns right. into a gold bar, basically, I always say. So just making sure that they have clear communication and they don't hit you up in a year or two saying, Hey, do you still have those files? I do and I will. I right. I have every video I've ever created on multiple hard drives. But right. it, it's more work for you to go back and have to re-upload those things, right? So making sure that there's clear sure. communication there. And again, this isn't us talking negative about clients. This is just issues that we've ran into. Because like I said, about 9.5 times out of 10, I have the best clients in the world and they're amazing. But again, they're totally. always these are the issues that we've ran across in the last 10 years of us doing this, 15 years of us doing this professionally. And these are hopefully things that you guys can take away and learn from. That's the thing is like the, 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 the one out of 10 clients can end up taking up 50% of your time. Right. And so it's a huge, huge time saver uh, to, to be able to kind of nip these things in the bud before they get too bad. I just think it's really important to under promise and over deliver. So, you know, promises can be made to create a, a commitment, regulate and direct behavior, reduce uncertainty and build trust. Kept promises are necessary foundations for maintaining and growing relationships. However, never promise anything unrealistic. And then avoid making promises for when you think you will have something done. Instead, calculate the time you believe it will take, then double that, give it wiggle room, right? And then yeah, absolutely. And add even more time if you know you will be busier than normal, right? So if you have six yeah. shoots coming up, you know, add more time to that. If you finish the project early, that's great. And it's a great surprise for the client. I mean, that's totally. a, a nice example of under-promising and over-delivering. I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really good to, I like to sometimes, depending on the client, give like a little something extra. I think I might've mentioned one other, one other time when I did stuff for, for OtterBox, 
they just contract us for these certain amount of videos, but I gave them multiple kind of uh, versions. So not like different edits of it, but I gave them like, you know, a, a folder full, full of uh, you know, MP4s and I gave them like high quality MOVs. I'm like, so if you need to use this for something higher, you want to trim them down on your own or whatever, you can render down from these. So just tossing in just a little, little extra thing at the end um, yeah. just to make them go like, oh, right on. Very cool. That's a great example. I, uh, you know, delivered this content for a, a client. And then what I also did was this wasn't in the contract, but I cropped it for them for Instagram uh, post and stories. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just cropping that and exporting that in another version, it takes you literally 30 seconds, but it stokes them out so much. And they say on Instagram, if you, you know, use vertical video, you're more likely to get more likes and the algorithm right. kind of helps you. So just by you doing that and then posting that, it's going to get more likes from the community that they're engaged with. It's going to feel better right. overall. And you're just going to develop that relationship even stronger. Right. And I mean, also to, that kind of like protects your work as well a little bit. If they wanted to post, post it to Instagram, you'd be leaving it up to them to kind of crop it in the way they see fit. Right. But this way, at least you're getting to dictate the terms of that crop. And so like, hey, you're delivering something to them that they can just throw right in there. And they're like, oh, great. But you're also making sure that it's done in the best way possible. It, it really, I think for me, boils down a lot to... You know, just be a human, listen to people, communicate, don't be a jerk. Like this is, it's not, it's really not rocket science, but the fact of the matter is, is, is <laughs> just based on a lot of people I know and me myself, uh, sometimes video production people have a difficult time dealing with people because sure. there's, there's, there's behind the scenes people. And then there's, you know, producers and stuff like that. Some people are better talking to people, but just generally just try and have a good attitude about it. Even when something makes you mad, try and see their side of it and just try and be a human talking to another human. Yeah, and if you don't like working with clients, then good luck on YouTube by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, you're, you're, like so much of your life is dependent on your clients. So, like, yeah. why would you want to like, yeah, sabotage that? Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, just having that good relationship. This has been awesome, dude. Um, yeah, I this really, was fun. Yeah, this was a really good one, and I appreciate you calling in again. I think it might be like this for the next couple episodes. Uh, I'm going to be traveling mm. uh, back home just to see family uh, and be in quarantine with them, kind of, and uh, you'll be at home in quarantine as well. And I think we're going right, to, yeah. I think we'll have the same equipment for the next couple episodes. So hopefully bear with us until we get uh, all of our other equipment back. Yeah, man, this was, this was good. I think hopefully this helped people out and I'm looking forward to the next one. I think uh, next episode we're going to have a special guest on. So I'm pretty excited for that. Ooh, that's exciting. I can't, I, I can't wait to find out who it is. <laughs> I, I don't know who it is either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a list. I just got to reach out to him. So, um, right no, on. this Very has cool. been good. So I'm going to shut this down and I'm going to start editing this thing because it drops tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, dang. Let's get to it. <laughs> awesome, buddy. Hey, uh, thanks again so much for your insight and hopefully we'll get to hang you out again you. soon, man. Yeah, everybody, uh, again, uh, feel free to give us a, a good rating on iTunes if you want to. Subscribe to any of our social channels you want to. Uh, we, we love hearing from you guys, and so we want to do that. And we love you, and uh, we'll see you next time around. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, links will be in the description, as always. And feel free to hit us up with any questions. Yeah, yeah. All right, later, everybody. Bye. Stay safe. Stay safe.